in at six feet tall, 215 pounds of bad wow. Helen from St. Louis, wow. by way of the Ohio State University in now Hollywood, California, the CEO of the world's most dangerous website, BSO. It's the headline game. Wow. you a question. Who do you think is the most sensitive athletes in the world? Think about it for a second. Take a sip of your drink and think to yourself, who, who is the most sensitive athletes in the world? If your answer was NBA players, then you are correct. Ding, ding, ding. There are no more sensitive athletes on the planet than NBA players. Now, I'm not exactly sure why they're so sensitive. I don't really have a good reason why they're more sensitive than some other athletes. But considering what they do for a living, their star power, their ability to make money outside of the sport, you would think they would be the, late, the least sensitive group of, group of athletes. Like, I can see why NFL running back would be sensitive. You know what I'm saying? I can see why NFL players could be sensitive. They getting robbed by their CBA. But not NBA players. They're making really good money. Their union and, and their commissioner listens to them for the most part. When, when you know, they, they feel like they have to say something of importance. You know, their faces all over the world. They could do a lot of things outside of the sport. They should be the least sensitive athletes of all time. But that is not the case. Maybe it has something to do with being tall. I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of correlation between being over 6'4 and sensitivity. I'm not sure. What I do know is they're a very sensitive bunch, which is not a good look for men. Case in point, watching a little track and field last week. And track and field is something that you normally, that, that I would say casual, People only watch during the Olympics and, you know, the world championships and probably the, in America, the, the U.S. Olympic trials. And it's not like 1984, like there's no Carl Lewis. But in those little pockets of time, you can become very popular if you're a track athlete. I would say Shakiri Richardson is very popular uh, for various reasons. But if you show out in the world championships or the Olympics, you can, you can become very popular. And that was the case of one Noah Lyles. You know, doing something like winning the 100 and the 200, you know, that's legendary company. That's Usain Bolt company. 
you know, that's legendary stuff. Anytime you can win two sprint events, you know, like the Michael Johnson and the 200 and the 400, that's legendary stuff. So to win the 100 and the 200, uh, in the track world, he's on, on top right now. When it comes to men's track, he's number one. He's the fastest man in the world, not Barry Allen. For some reason, I don't know why. I think from watching a little bit of Noah and and kind of seeing the way he is, I felt like he was just throwing a joke out there. It's a it's a funny thing. And it's something that is not like unusual. It's not like something that's never been said before in the history of sports. But he just was pointing out how he thought it was funny that a league like the NBA would call themselves the world's champions when they don't play against the world. Which is 100% true. This is not something, this is not new. This is not anything groundbreaking. It's just something that American leagues do. I mean, we do have, we have the World Series. <laughs> now, for whatever reason, uns- I, I still are having a hard time understanding it is this really made basketball players upset. Not exactly sure why. Some of them haven't even won a championship to even be talking. But for whatever reason, it made them really upset. So upset that their favorite groupie, Drake, had to get in on it. And Charlemagne the God and Stephen A. Smith, everybody's just yelling at this, at this track guy for making a factual statement. Maybe it was his tone. Maybe it was delivery. Whatever you want to call it. It's still a factual statement. Yeah. And it's not a hard concept. You have, you know, leagues in different countries. And normally when you're talking about the world, you have one specific event that crowns a world champion. For example, the the we have a American soccer league called the MLS. It's not the best soccer league in the world. So therefore, when somebody wins the MLS championship, nobody, you know, calls them the world champions. But if they did, eh, okay, who cares? But anyway, now, what someone tried to tell me was like, well, the, the NBA is the best league, so they can say, you know, their champion is the world champion. Well, in soccer, you can say the Premier League is the best league. But they don't crown a world champion. The World Cup does that. Because that's an international thing. Also, people say, well, all the international players come to America to play in the best league, which is fine. But American players can also play in international leagues. <laughs> so it's not like every it's not like if you are a basketball player, you have I mean you, you the only place you can play basketball at a high level is is in the NBA. You can go play basketball. You can go play basketball in Taiwan like Dwight Howard. doesn't mean the NBA is not the best league. It just means that that goes both ways. Furthermore, the argument that, well, the best NBA team could beat the best, you know, from whatever league or whatever, that, that's probably true. But also you have to take into effect that on these best NBA teams, not all of the players are from America. So it's not necessarily the Americans. So, for instance, the Denver Nuggets, as they're constructed, likely would you know beat any team in any other league out there. Maybe I don't know. It's hard to say. Different rules in different leagues. 
with that being said, their two best players are not from America. So if there was truly a America versus Europe league, then they wouldn't have Jokic and Jamal Murray. The whole thing is stupid in the first place. Like, for instance, baseball has the World Series. That's fine. Nobody cares. It's a nice name. You know, are they the, you know, baseball is something, you know, America's pastime. Yeah, well, they play baseball in Japan and other places like that. <laughs> but whatever, it's the World Series. Who cares? If the Nuggets want to say they're the world champions, who cares? Factually, though, it's, it's, it's not true. The world champion is whoever, what, FIBA's going on right now? If the U.S. wins the FIBA championship, they're the world champion. If the United States win the gold, then the, the United States is the world champion. But the United States hasn't won every year. There are some years where they're not the world champion. The, the facts is, what he said is true. What I don't understand is why am I so upset? Like, even if you disagree with them, right? Even though I don't know how you can't disagree with a fact. These are these are facts. These are facts. It doesn't matter if the best players play. It doesn't matter if they're in and out. The facts are it's a, it's in a league that's based in America. Just like the Chinese league is based in China. So it doesn't matter if Stefan Marbury plays. There's still a Chinese-based basketball league. A Filipina Filipino or Greece or Spain. doesn't matter if American players play that. It's still based out of that country. And the majority of players are from that country. So what are you so upset about? Why are you so angry? Why is this triggering you so much? Is it just that, you know, you caught the wave? Is that what it was? Was it just a wave that was caught? Everybody was, you know, taking shots at them. So you want to take shots at them too? They said, he, well, he wants to do it for clout. I, I, I doubt after winning the 100 or 200, he was like, oh, I'm going to talk about the NBA because I need some clout. That just, they don't need to sound right. It's funny people saying that when all they do online is do stuff for clout every single day. But now they mad at him. It's just stupid. And I think maybe the bigger point is it's just dumb. It's just our society is stupid. We're a dumb society. We're a terrible society. And when I say that, sometimes people are like, oh, man, you know, who are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about everybody. <laughs> I'm not just talking about one set. Like, I think sometimes, especially white people, they think when we call out, like, you know, white supremacy and racism and things like that, like that we are ignoring uh, what our own race does. That's not the case. What we would like, though, also, those white people to not ignore what they're doing as well. You know, like, do I like the fact that my wife is a little nervous to go into, like, any of these malls in California now because they're busting in and, and stealing stuff and shooting and all this stuff going on? No. The majority of those people seem to be black. That doesn't make me happy at all. I'm very upset about that. My wife likes to shop. Something that she does. So, you know, something that she likes to do. Now she's worried about going into the Nordstrom's. She goes into Nordstrom's in the middle of something happening or something after store. I don't like that. Black people are doing that. I don't like that. 
Then again, I also don't like, you know, white guys with manifestos just shooting up black people for no reason. Just like I don't like black people shooting black people. But I don't like white people shooting white people. <laughs> just don't like anybody shooting anybody. The, the problem is, is the criminalization is always one-sided. And there are times where, because of that, it puts this, this, this uniformity of a negative light on one race. Like this guy in Florida, you don't think he pays attention to what they say about black people every single day? The politicians? You don't think that fuels his hate? You don't think the situation of poverty and things like that fuel some of these robberies? The situation that they're in? The fact they can't figure out a way to get out the hole that they're in? The whole system's messed up, man. And it's sad because I, I remember when I was in my 20s, I legitimately thought by the time I was in my 40s, things would be better. I thought we were moving in the right direction. But it, it's, I don't know if it's worse than it was 20 years ago or we just have access to more information I'm not sure I'm not sure but it's just bad all the way around I don't mean to depress you but it's the reality of it changing topics the hot take wars have begun actually they've been in the hot takes wars have been going on for a long time they're like Vietnam I think it just, you got a kind of a renewed sense with some of the changes that have been made recently. I would say it started with uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, firing or getting rid of Max Kellerman and decided he was going to be the show. Uh, then you have the situation with Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp and Shannon going off to do his own thing and actually crossing over uh, to ESPN and, you know, Skip having to scramble. Uh, a, a little situation that's happening with Michael Irvin, uh, who's been unjustly suspended by the NFL Network, uh, which ended up taking him off ESPN, and now he's moved over to FS1. That's a whole other conversation for another time, but it, what the NFL Network has done to Michael Irvin is, is criminal, and people should, people in the media should be holding them to task a little bit more than they are. You should not be suspended for a two minute conversation. that multiple people have come forward and said nothing inappropriate happened. There's video evidence of it. There's no physical interaction. There was no physical assault. There's no criminal charges and there's no civil uh, charges against Michael Irvin. He's basically being suspended for, a two-minute conversation. It don't even really matter what he said. It doesn't matter what he said. Not, not, it, was, it wasn't criminal. They didn't charge him with any crime. He's not being sued. So obviously whatever it was, was did not come to the thing where they could sue him. There's video evidence. There's witnesses that have come forward to say that nothing happened. So it feels like something's missing to that story, but whatever the case, he's on FS1 uh, with Skip now and Lil Wayne and Richard Sherman. Um, I find the entire thing interesting because you can see 
that Stephen A is trying to branch out outside of ESPN. That's where you get YouTube Stephen A podcast Stephen A, which is a little different, a little more free with his words, even though he still has to be, you know, careful. Uh, you can see that he's trying to get outside of that bubble. You have Skip, who's in his 70s now, that's just, you know, trying to hold on to what he has. And then you have all these individuals that are trying to make a name for themselves in this business now. This The sad part about it, I don't know if it's sad, but it's just sports entertainment as you, or sports journalism as you knew it, is, is not the same. And, and the, the thing that's, I wouldn't say frustrating, but I think the thing that doesn't get acknowledged is, you know, individuals like myself and others uh, actually started the genre that you're listening to and watching right now. We just don't get the credit for it. It's very similar to, you know, you know, I like Elvis, but, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, you see things from a, a lower level and then, you know, somebody takes, takes it to a high level and they get all the credit for it, even though you developed it. You know what I'm saying? There's no knock to Elvis. I like young Elvis. But, you know, that's the type of situation. It's it's uh, Think of it like uh, New Edition and uh, New Kids on the Block or NSYNC. You know, that's all, that all comes from New Edition and then, you know, New Kids on the Block there. Yeah. Oh. So what you need to understand is that it's not so much about journalism anymore. It's about engagement. It's about going viral. It's about... Uh, making some noise about, you know, the cool intro uh, song. It's it's about really entertainment and the individual trying to make a name for themselves. This is not your daddy's or your, your granddaddy's, you know, journalism. You know, this is a different time. Now, granted, like I said, they stole it, the whole style, line for line, bar for bar, uh, from people like me, but, you know, it is what it is. And so now, when you're looking at these, uh, hot take wars, the first thing we have to do a little math, okay? Because a lot of people look at the ratings as a determining factor of who is, is is beating who, but, you know, that is a factor, but it's not the factor. And I'll tell you why, because ESPN is in more homes than FS1. So the ratings can't be an apples to apples type of situation. So if you look at it in a sense like this, let's say, there's uh just do we're gonna do simple math here, okay? Uh, let's say ESPN at first taker in a million homes, and they have a hundred thousand uh, viewers, right? You know, so let's say that's ten percent of the homes that that they're in, and let's say FS1 is in uh, five hundred uh, thousand uh, homes, but they get seventy uh, seventy five thousand viewers, then they're actually getting a higher percentage of viewer per people that can actually watch the show than ESPN is getting. So that's really how you have to look at the ratings. Like how many homes, it's a percentage, not the number, you know? So if, you know, 20% of ESPN, people that can watch ESPN at home or watch a first take and 20% of people that have FS1 is watching Undisputed to watch, then it becomes who's getting the most engagement. And that's really the major key. Now, I would say one of the problems that Stephen A. Smith has, and it's kind of always had since Skip left, is he's the only one that really drives viral content. Um, if he's not involved in the viral content, uh, then, you know, first off, ESPN doesn't really promote anybody else. 
and you don't really see it, you know, on social media. So he's kind of a, even though he has a revolving group of people, unless he's getting into it uh, with them, you don't really see that much. The thing that Skip had an advantage of is that it had become uh, obvious when he had Shannon Sharp on the show that Shannon can drive viral engagement without needing Skip. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to educate you on what's going on. And that was an advantage to Undisputed because then either both, either Skip or Shannon or Skip and Shannon together could drive viral viral content, which is what I think his plan is with bringing in Richard Sherman, uh, Michael Irvin, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Lil Wayne, I think Rachel Nichols is coming in. He's trying to make sure that people can... His show can go viral without him being in the forefront. And that's really brilliant from Skip. And people think that's going to bother him, but that's not really the, the point. And maybe he does have an ego and maybe, you know, they, but he is the one that hired uh, these people. He's the one that picked them, you know, for the show. I don't know if he had to do with the negotiations and everything, but it, they don't, they're not on the show unless Skip wanted them on the show. And I thought the first day was a good uh, showing in the sense that uh, they were able to go viral with some stuff that had absolutely nothing to do with Skip. I actually thought the most funny way that they went viral was a clip going around saying Skip couldn't get a word in and people were really loving that. Now, can they continue with this? You know, can they continue this when, you know, really get into the season? Everybody likes something new. So the ratings are always going to be high when the first ones. But, you know, we're two, three months in uh, of this same crew. Will people still, you know, watch? When Shannon appears on... ESPN, two things are going to happen. You know, he's not going to be able to bring any liquor or <laughs> or any black and miles uh, on there. I don't know if he's going to be able to wear a goat mask and things of that nature on there. It is going to be a little bit of a watered down uh, situation, but it'll be big ratings uh, when it starts. Now we'll see how that meshes. You know, with Stephen uh, with Stephen A. It's you kind of have to. When you're in Stephen A's orbit, it's it's you know this is kind of like a Jordan type of situation, or he, you know he's Michael Jordan, and and everybody else is kind of just hovering you know around him with that. So we have to see how it works. And even as you trickle down to either lower levels from those two, you still see it with everybody else, all the athletes that have a podcast now, all the. The, the, the rappers and the, the music people that have podcasts and YouTube channels. You see it with boxing, with all the YouTube channels and UFC. Uh, you see the, you know, you see people like the FanDuel and their things like that with Kay Adams and then Michelle Beadle. And you see what happened with Pat McAfee, who I, you know, I don't have any beef, you know, with Pat McAfee. I think essentially he's kind of like a, he's a safer bar stool, like for that type of, audience and everything and then he seems like a nice enough guy doesn't really bring anything in general to the table that i find interesting i guess but he, he does know aaron Rodgers, so that's you know working you know for him and the entire thing is just a revolving thing and then what the, the, the funniest thing about it is people say i hate this i hate this but everybody is watching and even if you're not watching which like i haven't watched any of those shows in, in years a because i'm on the west coast and they come on, you know, too early and be the ones in the afternoon. You know, I'm normally, you know, working myself. I do have a, a business uh, to run, but we all see the clips and the clips only get out there. if People are engaging in them. Like, I'm not going to see a clip that only has 10 likes or is not, you know, 
on the top of my feed on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it be. It has to be something that's triggering uh, to do that. And that means people are actually, you know, watching. So what's your take on the uh, hot take awards and who will you be watching when this football season comes up? It's cut down day uh, in the uh, NFL and the NFL season uh, is about to, to start up uh, next week. I believe next uh, Thursday uh, is what we're looking at. And um, this is another time to point out that the NFL has a terrible uh, CBA. It's also uh, a good time to point out, which a lot of people um, really don't understand, is that uh, there's 53 man or uh, NFL roster, right? And suffice to say, unless you're like a uh, fan of the hometown uh, team, most people probably can only name five people off of an NFL roster. And the bottom of that roster are filled with people that are probably making less uh, than the UPS uh, guy that delivers your packages uh, now. And the NFL stands for not for long. And the average uh, career is about four years. Uh, there's a lot of guys that were cut that were, uh, I saw a cut today that were, I remember watching in college not too long ago, were ballers in college and out of a job today. Uh, the Browns cut a guy after wishing them happy birthday. It's a very cutthroat business. Uh, it takes years off of your life. Uh, it's a little shaky with the concussions. You know, it doesn't, uh, the health insurance is a little wonky uh, too. It's all because they keep signing these terrible uh, deal. So yeah, everybody knows, you know, the top, you know, five guys. Everybody knows who's getting paid. You know, if you just take a random team like, I don't know, let's say you just took the a random team like the Dolphins, right? <laughs> you you know Tua, you know Jalen Waddle, uh, you know Tyreek Hill, maybe you know Christian Watkins, Xavier Howard, and don't forget I'm a sports reporter, so I know a little more. But beyond that, you probably don't know too many. But like, who are the who's the starting and backup running backs with the Miami Dolphins? Who's the who's the safety? Who's the who's the inside linebacker? You don't know. You don't know. And the thing is, is once you know they're not used to him anymore, then you won't ever hear him again. I remember I, was, I met a guy, car dealership, said he had played for football, and, uh, and I'm like, man, I've been covering sports for 20 years. I have no clue who you are. <laughs> There's just so many people. You want to really go on YouTube. They have a couple of these YouTube uh, stations that like to play old, they play old basketball, old NFL games. Then you got to go back far. You know, go back like, I don't know, go back like 10, 20 years. I would say go find a game. Was it 2023? That's insane. I remember, I remember watching games in the early 2000s. That's crazy. Go to 2003 and watch a random Ravens Steelers game. And just find yourself say, oh, my goodness, I wonder what that guy's up to now. And start going to Wikipedia. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. I tell you that right now. It's not going to be pretty. And there may be some people in jail. It's not, it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty. So, oh, you know, I respect all uh, athletes because they are uh, putting their health on the line for our entertainment. Which is, you know, they should always get as much. Everybody in the world should always get as much money as they possibly can, rather, no matter if they deserve it or not. 
Because trust me, let me tell you something. I'll get let you in on a secret. And I never understood this about the like the working man and working woman who sides with like the owners and management and stuff like that. Those are the people that really are overpaid. <laughs> it's not the players. The players actually have to play. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for whatever reason, I don't know if it's brainwashing or whatever, you have the like the working class at times, you know, sides with like the elite. Those people are, are definitely making way more money than they should. Way more money than they should. Like, I always think of it like this. You tell me who probably works harder in a day, right? The the, the cook at Popeye's or the general manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I mean, and listen, I'm not hating on the, whoever the general manager is for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Once again, get as much money as they, they, they give you. But just, just just be honest. Who Who is working harder in an in a eight-hour day? You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. I, I put myself in it. I, I, you know, you know, I, I'm not trying to, you know, toot my own horn or anything. But you guys probably work harder than me, and I'll probably make a little more money. Okay? And, then, you know, and I'm, I'm not, not ashamed to say that. Now, I have no regrets. I want you to get where I'm at. But that's why I was like, why, why would you side with management ever? Why are you doing the work? You're doing the work. And I get it. Like, if you started a business and you, you know, like, for instance, like, you know, Jeff Bezos, right? If you were in the, you know, you were in the the, the truck or whatever, you was in the garage and doing your thing and everything, yeah, you deserve your 100 trillion million or whatever, right? But if you like somebody like Donald Trump where they just gave you the money, you didn't actually do no work. <laughs> yeah, dad just gave you the money. He just hired people to actually do the actual work. You don't get no clap for that. That's, you know, one thing about black uh, people is normally if you find a black person that is is made a lot of money or is making a lot of money, they started all the way from the bottom. It's one of the messed up things in our society. We don't inherit a lot. We normally had to start at the bottom. And which which makes the story even more spectacular to me because the system is not built for people that start at the bottom to ever get to the top. It is a crab in the barrel system. It is as you you know I like you know the the holes you climbing up a tree like you can either pull people up or kick people back down. Our society is built to kick everybody down. If they're trying to climb up the tree. When the people get to the top of the tree, they want to kick the other people down. They don't want nobody else up there in the tree. They don't want anybody else up there in the tree. Like I always say, if you get to the tree, you know, especially as a black person, you need to help other people up. But we're not like to kick people down too. We don't like it when people get too successful. Our own people don't like it when we get too, get too successful. And then next, you know, we're in fighting with each other while the, the, the white people are over there laughing at us in the side. So you should never side with management. And like I said, I'm not hating no management. If, if if I was a CEO of some random company and they're like, hey, we give you $15 million a year in Christmas bonuses, I would take it too. I would take it too. I would be have a yacht and take it too. Don't get me wrong. And you should too. But you shouldn't hate on someone, an athlete, who's actually out there making the money for the other people. 
And I always, I always remember this when it comes to athletes and, and contracts and stuff like that. No matter what an athlete is getting paid, the owner is making more. <laughs> okay? You see what I'm saying? If Jalen Brown is getting $300 million, trust me, the owner of the Celtics is making more. He can afford it. He can afford $300 million because the, the business is worth $5 billion. So yeah, he can he can afford three hundred million over, you know, over five years because he's making a billion a year. <laughs> he's making two billion a year before he even has to pay anybody, and the value of his franchise is six billion dollars, seven billion dollars. So he can afford it. So I don't ever don't ever ever side with management. Don't ever don't, don't let them. Oh, I can't. We can't afford it. We can't. No, they can afford it. If the if it's legally within the, the the CBA, they can afford it. They just don't want to do it. Like the Ravens could have had afforded it plenty of time. See, no problem with Justin Fields. Here. I mean, not Justin Fields. Uh, Justin uh, Herbert. There you go. No problem. We got it. We got it. Austin Eckler. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. Austin Eckler. Yeah, we got it, but we're not giving it to you. We're not giving it to you. Think about if I want, I want to, and I'll leave you with this, okay? I'm just going to leave you with this. And once again, it's not, not me hating. This is not me hating on Ryan Tannehill or anybody else that makes a lot of money, okay? But I just want you to tell me this. I want you to, to listen to me, explain this, and then I just want you to tell me is this fair? Or not, right? All right. Ryan Tannehill, since he's uh, been with the Tennessee Titans, okay? So four seasons he's been with the Tennessee Titans. He's with the Dolphins for eight seasons, believe it or not. But he's been with the Tennessee Titans for four seasons, right? And he's made $96 million, okay? $96 million, right? More power to him, right? He's made ninety-six million dollars to not do much of anything, but he, that's how much he's made. Now, Derrick Henry, who has been with the Titans for seven seasons, has made 45, excuse me, 46 million dollars, okay? Now, once again, Ryan Tannehill, four seasons, 96 million. Derrick Henry, seven seasons, four, 46 million. Now, you tell me when, it, when you watch the Tennessee Titans, who is more important to them winning games? Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry? That's why it's backwards. And that's why if you're Austin Eckler, you're like, what the hell? I've I watch because of my here in California, I watch a lot of Chargers games, right? And they have Austin Eckler out there just doing everything. You know, blocking and running. When it's third and 19, they give him a swing pass and tell him to go get 18 yards. And this is no knock on Justin Herbert. He's a young quarterback, so he's going to get paid. But the fact that Austin Eckler's getting paid $6 million, and then when you add all the taxes and all that stuff, it's probably like two. Yeah, I can see why they're upset. Well, blame your union, because that's who father is. I appreciate you listening. Be sure to subscribe to Headlines with Robert Littow on all of your podcasting networks. 
Check out the site, blacksportsonline.com, for all the topics that we talked about today. You can follow me on Twitter at BSO, Instagram, and YouTube, BSO TV. You can check me out on TikTok, Robin Littell, BSO, and be sure to like our Facebook page, Black Sports Online. And for all of you that's been rocking with me for almost 20 years now, we're Dollar Nerds for life.